Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of Off the Record, a student abroad podcast, where your host, Saman Fatima, will cover the lengths of what it means to be a student and faculty. Saman and her guests will explore how, why, and what students, especially international students, face when they move abroad to complete their undergrad, master's, or PhD. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. everyone, this is Saman Fatima and you are hearing Off the Record with Saman on ITSP Magazine. I'm really glad that I get this chance to actually host a podcast on ITSP Magazine and why not just to represent the student community here because as a student now, I have seen the lens of how do you actually deal up with a lot of things at international places. So with that, I just start up with my first episode of Off the Record and we have an amazing guest. But before introducing and knowing more about what my guest brings up on the table, I really wanted to wish everyone happy Women's History Month. I know International Women's Day is around the corner and what not a better way to actually represent a woman who has done a lot when she arrived here with her college life and with her uh, career. So you will hear a lot about her, her job details, how she has actually acquired that student life, how she actually dealt with a lot of things from visa to coming here to even, you know, picking up a lot of local delicacies here in the States. So let's welcome my very sweet guest that I've known for years now. So, hi, Harini. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really, really glad that you agreed to be part of it. And it's really great to actually know your story and your roads, how you actually came here for your college. So, really glad. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Saban, for having me on your podcast. And thanks so much to ITSP Magazine for giving us this platform. Uh, You know, Saman was one of the first few folks who I knew when I was stepping into cybersecurity and she's always been a role model and someone who I get very inspired by. So super happy to be on the podcast uh, today and wishing everyone a very happy Women's History Month as well. It's my pleasure, really. I'm really glad actually I'm starting off with you as my guest. So let's just begin. Let the world know actually how have you actually come here what you have done here what you are doing right now and everything but before going to that section please please introduce yourself to my audience let them know who you are and why you're here like what college when did you came here and a small introduction about you sure happy to so Hi, everyone. I'm Harini, and uh, I'm currently working as a product security engineer at Salesforce. I came here to the U.S. about a year ago. 
to do my master's at Carnegie Mellon University. So I recently graduated with a master's, master of science in electrical and computer engineering, and I did a concentration in cybersecurity. Uh, so yeah, it's been a wild one year <laughs> here in the US. It's still a really wild time going on here, but very grateful for all the experiences. So, okay. Um, I just wanted to know, like, uh, let my audience as well know, like, what part of India do you come from? Yeah, sure. So I come from Chennai. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in the southern part of India, a really hot, scorching place. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been there. there. I've been there. And yeah, I really agree to that point. Uh, with my <laughs> first employer, I went for my training. And yeah, it was hard. But yeah. With a lot of culture shift and everything, it was different. But yeah, the weather was the major demon there. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's a beautiful city with its beaches, but the heat really does get to you. So <laughs> can be quite rough. Okay. So you have been part of uh, the technology space uh, since your undergrad as well. So what was the shift that you made here in your graduate program? So what did you pursue in your undergrad and then what made you pursue that degree from Carnegie Mellon? So if you could know more about the length of the degree, what did you do and why did you choose it? Yeah, for sure. So the friends, my high school, I was really interested in programming. Like I had a programming class uh, in school and I that was one of my favorite courses. So I knew I wanted to you know, pursue um, computer engineering. So that's what I did for my bachelor's. Uh, I did a bachelor of technology in computer engineering. And uh, during my uh, I guess first or second year of university, um, you know, when I was looking around at what kind of domains are there for me to explore, cybersecurity really caught my eye because uh, for me, it seemed very interesting on uh, looking beyond building just a product, right? So your responsibility doesn't end with building something, but how can you make sure it's secure? So I wanted to know more about it. And hence, you know, most of my learning uh, in cybersecurity was, you know, just by myself through the internet because there were not really much courses available in my college. Uh, so that's why I really wanted to do a strong academic program in cybersecurity. Uh, so hence, after my bachelor's, I worked for a bit, uh, but master's in cybersecurity was something I always wanted to do. So that's why, you know, decided to go for the graduate program here. That's great. Uh, we really resonate on that one point of, you know, passionate about cybersecurity. And that's why, uh, like, I am also sitting in the same boat as a student. <laughs> because cybersecurity, right. I guess, has that magic. Uh, because with time, you have realized that you are building something, but how are you actually securing it? Is something really, really interesting. And that is part of professional life and then the student life you get to know the lens of it so that that's like a bang on point I guess every cyber person would be uh, admin to this one so when we like talk about uh, the courses and everything uh, as you mentioned that you were really passionate about cyber security but why that university uh, you would have gone through like zillions and zillions of universities and colleges. And I guess just not United States, maybe other countries as well, you would have explored if, if right. that's the option as well. So why does, you know, Carnegie Mellon, like that college stood out for you? What was that point? Like, I know there would be a lot of folks uh, looking out for CMU and its courses and 
why in particular the university is chosen by a lot of students so if you could know more about that your perspective yeah. no for sure uh, you know there are no dearth of like great universities i guess i think in the us and in uh, other places as well there are really amazing universities with top notch professors um uh, so you know uh, what stood out to me from uh, carnegie mellon university was uh, the first thing was you know the research culture so there when i was looking up online on what kind of labs are there in cybersecurity what kind of work they are doing that was really impressive because uh, they had strong ties with industry as well so you know i had that sense that you know they were working on real world problems uh, and there are a lot of professors working on different aspects of cybersecurity right like be it network security or even on the human side of things like usable security and a lot of interesting research going on so i i felt i had like a bunch of options uh, or tracks i could pursue um in cmu and i think another major factor was the academic rigor as well like uh, the courses at carnegie mellon are really known for their strong academic focus uh with a special like focus on uh, foundational things which you know for as a cybersecurity professional i thought that was something i you know i considered necessary to have a really good foundation on computer systems or software uh, to build my career in so and the student culture as well uh, you know they have a top competitive student hacking team so i felt that atmosphere was also very conducive for me to pursue a cybersecurity journey that's really amazing uh with that research point i guess that's like the sold point like right <laughs> you, in minutes i guess you're sold on that point that what all things the university offers and when right. we talk about uh us and the university and especially when we talk about carnegie mellon it's really you know you know really at a level that you see folks coming down there and they have a different set of mindset when they come there and you know when you come to the college you be part of the culture the student fraternity the professors and everything how right. that particular atmosphere you felt change like as compared to your undergrad like the education uh, to what you have taken up back in your home country to what you actually perceived here what was your uh, take on that yeah for sure i think um... in undergrad right uh, you know the set of people we are around uh, you know everyone is kind of going at the same path you know same courses as you and uh, as a, in a bachelor's program probably no one has worked uh, in the industry before so you, you're all kind of in the same boat uh, but i think when you come to like graduate school you have people not only from various countries uh, which is a given uh, but also with various backgrounds right you have people with you know extensive industry experience also taking the courses along with you so the kind of questions they ask in class or the kind of conversations that they would have right uh, is really very interesting to you know see a different uh, perspective so i think those were really influential for me though you know i must admit that you know one i spent a year in my graduate class and that's really not <laughs> enough it just goes by so fast so even though i would have loved to interact more and more with the student community or the professors you know it's very limited time so i try to do the best i can with talking to professors and the students around 
I understand that uh, when you just have three or four semesters and that's a year-long course, like I am also part of an year-long course, right. like that's three semesters, three seasons, that's it. Uh, at times of exams, you think like, I just wanted to be, get done with it. Right. Uh, I just wanted to get my degree and walk out. <laughs> but once that right. time gets near, you really feel that, uh, you know, that thing on your heart that, okay, now that actually stepping out of the university, the major thing now stands in front of us, our career yeah. to build it again. And, uh, you know, for people like you mentioned, like who have been part of the industry for a lot many years and then they come and pursue their masters, they really bring up a lot on the table. And there's a, you know, situation for, you know, being you know, being inspired by them as well. But on the other hand, having that imposter syndrome as well, that, you know, you just uh, blame yourself for, you know, being too quick in the course and maybe you would have spent some time in your career. So was there any sort of such transition shifts, anything in your behavior that you noticed as part of uh, the course at any point of time? And what really brought you back to the move that, no, I can do it. It's me. Right. No, for sure. Um, I think the transition phase, right? Like the first semester especially was really hard for me uh, because, you know, you already have like a very tight academic curriculum and you also have other responsibilities like, you know, searching for an internship, maybe, you know, doing those applications, doing those interviews, uh, taking up courses. You know, you obviously take up courses to learn something new. So, uh, that's a lot of like, like that's a huge learning curve for you to you know pick up on, and like you said, the imposter syndrome as well, right? Like I was part of some courses which I like reverse engineering, which I've never done before, and there were folks on the class who were super good at it. Something which would take me hours to solve, maybe would take an hour for that, uh, just one hour or forty five minutes for that person, right? So then you know it's very easy to get intimidated. Um, you know, but uh, I think what helped me was, and I, I tried to see, you know, what techniques they were using, try to come out of my shell and learn from others. Um, but still, you know, the first semester was really pretty rough. And uh, it was, yeah, like I said, it was super packed. And like, <laughs> I could not wait for the semester to end. I was literally like counting dates on my calendar. Uh, and at the end of it, um, you know, uh, to be honest, I was not feeling that happy, you know. Um, it, when you look out from the outside, it looks very rosy, right? It's a great university you're going to. It's a great program. Uh, but at the end of the first semester, I was not feeling happy. I felt like I didn't really belong in the university. And with things being so fast-paced as well, uh, it's really difficult to get a grasp or like just a hold of things. You know, what's going on? What has happened? Or even take a moment to appreciate what you have accomplished. So... That was pretty hard. And I think I realized that as much as my academics uh, was important, it was also very important for me to have a good social circle, uh, to be feeling as part of a community, right? I think that's what I was missing on. And hence, I took that as a major focus for my remaining semester at CMU so that I end up feeling happy about the program I did. <laughs> Obviously, like, you've really, really come stronger and I'm really proud of you. And it's just like these small moments that we just 
keep it to ourselves and it no- never right. comes out it's just the degree pictures that goes out on the right. um, gram and uh, it's more of that uh, we've come here for a outing or for a vacay but people <laughs> really miss this point of a lot of students who come international uh, for their further studies and they you know really think that it's like a bed of roses but it's really and right. i just wanted to go back to your point uh, <laughs> where we were talking about the courses and everything so i just missed out for my audience to get to know uh, the course that you actually picked up uh, masters in cyber security so what was the process like what process did you followed to fill up your applications and everything what all things are needed uh, by the university that you submitted and uh, how was that process if you could just explain that to the audience yeah for sure uh, so i actually uh, did a master of science in the electrical and computer engineering uh, program so the requirements may have changed now but at the time when i was applying uh, you know you needed to have a gre take up the gre and the toefl exam um, and you know, submit that to the university you also had to write a statement of purpose which is basically an essay talking about why you want to do that program and why that university attracts you right uh, what could you get from the university and what would you contribute to that university as well uh, so you had to submit that essay and uh, of course your undergraduate transcripts letter of recommendations from your ideally professors you have worked with during your undergrad who can really vouch for you your skills um, you know in that field you know and, and why they think you could be a fit for the program at the university uh, so this can take a while i would say the whole process is at least a year and a half to apply you know to get do uh, do these exams you know get the scores till submitting the final application uh, so yeah it's a year and a half long process i would say to apply and uh, yeah in that sense there, there was no interviews as such i've heard that some programs have interviews but there was nothing like that for this program so it was all submitting these online cool so anybody who wanted to go to cmu you know now what are the things you want to get set with uh, because it's never too late to actually start applying uh, right check out for the seasons that they're taking the intake and you're good to go with your scores and other essays that they demand uh with my college they had like a video essay sort of thing as well oh, so I, I guess it yeah so it's like depends from university to university how they actually take up things but i know things change but yeah it's better to actually memorize what is on the website for the university and that's the best to know about it so Good. when we talk about you mentioned that your first semester was pretty heavy pretty overwhelming and i understand with you know a long travel and you coming down settling to a new state with nobody you know and uh, more of things just piling up on you with unpacking with getting your bank accounts open uh, with knowing actually the area where you stay and where you can get your groceries from these are like very very important things that you search for those local things near your place that it should like would i be able to see those packs of uh, you know chips or other things that i really rely on so <laughs> right. how was that for you harini <laughs> for sure even till today whenever i walk into an indian store i'm the happiest <laughs> i'm literally like a kid left in a mall and mind you i was 
completely not like this when I was back in India. So my family still makes fun of me and how much I've changed. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it can be really challenging, right? Because um, often you don't know people beforehand in the city you're going to live in when you come here as an international student. So getting that network of people uh, that you can rely on and, you know, get information from as well, like where to go. Uh, for groceries or how do you set up a bank account uh, so that was pretty um, challenging but I think my uh, the roommates which I had uh, and the friends uh, like I had you know people I spoke to before coming to coming to the program were really helpful in that regard I think a major challenge to like pick out was uh, I moving into the flat itself because I was the uh, I came I traveled alone and you know was the first person to check out the flat which we had leased and it was completely not in the state which I would have liked or expected. It was in a much different state, let me just put it that way. Um, and, uh, you know, the carpets or the furniture, it was just thrown around. So I was super shocked, especially after a long, long journey <laughs> of three flights <laughs> and finally just crashing on the bed and you see things are not in place. So that was really stressful. Um, but yeah, that's why my like advice to anyone who's like going abroad is, you know, uh, make sure uh, the place which you pick to live is safe, it's secure and the management, if you're taking like an apartment, right, like the management is responsive. So in my case, thankfully, the management was very helpful and they you know tried to fix the issues within a few days of me moving. Um, so yeah, that was a roller coaster, right? But, uh, you know, things to keep in mind, especially I think safety uh, and uh, making sure that the landlord or the management is uh, friendly and can fix issues soon. I understand that because when you're sitting like miles, miles away in a different country and booking your house and, you know, getting your roommates or flatmates for that matter and you don't know them and you don't know the place, it's just you've seen it over a Zoom call and then, you know, signing right. up the lease and everything happens, the paperwork. There's really a big, big difference of how you see things uh, through technology and now when you come actually here. So things really change. And when you actually come down from a 24-hour flight, it's really, really different. Correct. And uh, I know things look really fancy, <laughs> but they need, you know, a work as well with a lot of things. So I really yeah. resonate with that fact with my current uh, apartment. I was the last one to actually come. Uh, I was the luckiest one. I got everything sorted. <laughs> Lucky one I, just to, <laughs> I just had to get sorted. So, you know, and that's the thing. Like everyone has their own set of experiences with things. Like, you know, there are instances where you haven't actually played a part in those things. Like, you know, small small household items and here it's like a to z you have to do it so okay. with that homesickness that jet lag thing there are a lot of things in front of you so right. when you were you know very new here and you had to do a lot of things like you know get a bank account open submit any of the documents in the university or maybe get something for uh you know like if not cooking cooking you have to order something so were there any instances where you know you faced few things and how actually things work out if 
you know if there was any college aid or anything that the alumni could help up with the future students something of that sort right um i would say like definitely you know re- uh, like the alumni network if they are there in the city they can be really helpful in my case um yeah like you said right like from the time you arrive here there are like a zillion things you need to do and uh, i guess it's not just for a student or you know even when you start working or doing something else uh, there is there are always major responsibilities on you right there's nobody going to be running behind you saying you need to get this done you need to get that done it's your responsibility to make sure that you submit applications on time or you know you fill out things on time you fill them correctly uh, right uh, so that was uh, i think yeah, it for me just trying to adjust to the weather first of all because i came in in peak winter um and doing these things uh was quite challenging i for cooking as well i i did not know cooking before so my family was a good support for me uh we got video calls with me when it's probably midnight for them and trying to help me bake something but uh i had like i said i had good roommates so you know uh, and all of us were kind of on the same boat you know we had never really stayed out of home for such a long time and being left out all of, all by ourselves so that was super helpful for me because like uh i think being with good roommates is really important to have a good peace of mind because you're already in a very stressful environment and the least thing you want for yourself is to have a, like a stressful environment at home so uh, i would say like pay more attention to the people you are with, going to be with uh, the circle you choose for yourself um, so yeah for me that really helped so we all learned cooking together and uh, that also reduced the home sickness by a bit you know <laughs> being with a good circle i know right like uh, that is something you don't decide like you don't take an interview and then get flatmates and right. roommates. it's just no like, there are people who do that who do interviews right? yeah <laughs> so i did i was also part of interviews as in you know oh my just God. Make, like to make sure that your priorities aligned like like say you are let's say you are someone who sleeps early and you don't want to be with someone who's going to be up all night and probably making noise so you know for you So CMU and some other universities as well. There's like a huge spreadsheet of the you know criterias that you are looking for. It's literally literally like a matchmaking for roommates. So, <laughs> and I would say that pre worked out in my favor. So you know, highly recommend. <laughs> like, uh, this is something really amazing. Uh, I would have done it at my time as well, but uh, okay, cool. Uh, CMU folks. <laughs> you'll get your perfect match as your roommate or flatmate if this is the stuff uh, that's needed because that's really important because uh, uh in a week you may have like twice or thrice day uh, you have to go to the university but the major portion of your time you actually spend at home and you actually you know connect with your roommates or flatmates and that's the best part that they are actually your family at that time and if okay. that becomes really toxic uh i don't know how things really function after that so it's really important for you to have a healthy environment at home as well and like you mentioned like you know having thing together cooking together and everything that really helps you get out of that homesickness part and you know be more uh, be more okay with the situation and how things have been and obviously that thought comes up every day but you know you're here for the 
bigger picture of do it good for yourself so that's amazing that's like a big time thing that i knew about cmu now <laughs> but <laughs> a cmu a lot of different universities in fact the student population at cmu is fairly low but some other universities i've seen it's a much longer list of interviews <laughs> and selection process so yeah okay. um, again yeah emphasis <laughs> emphasis on you know creating a peaceful environment for yourself <laughs> this is something people might not think straight out of the box you know in thinking about going abroad but yeah super important to keep it right yeah that's i guess to an extent extent it's fair as well but yeah, that that's funny as well yeah. <laughs> right. cool so we have been keeping the elephant out of the room uh, till now and i wanted to say it aloud that this is mm-hmm. one thing that major major students including me they're really nervous and they really uh, overthink about the situation is the visa process and uh, you know how actually you do all that paperwork what are the things that goes behind it and how actually on the d day like i know there are two d days one is for your uh, your uh, scanning portion and the other one is your interview so what was your experience considering yours was the first time and first time you got it stamped so how did you deal up with all that anxieties and nervousness that what if things go south and i'm not able to crack it <laughs> right so to everyone please be prepared for my long speech <laughs> coming about the visa process and yeah just kidding i think the this process is grueling enough for you know anybody going through it uh you know i really want to like talk about like what you have to do before you get to the stage of visa process because like the interviews of course were uh stressful i can i'll get to that but uh you know planning your finances i think i would say that a hundred times you know plan your finances and how you're going to show the proof of your funds uh much much in advance um especially if you're going for an educational loan which i did and if you're going if you're you know approaching like government institutions or you know using a property uh, to get your loan please please know that it will take a lot of time i was promised that the whole process would be done in a month it took twice as much and i was really in a spot so that uh, you know heidi i cannot stress on it enough and i i think it's literally the first thing i tell to anybody who's asking me about doing studies abroad so as soon as you start getting admits i would say start thinking about this you don't really have to make that final decision of which university you go to like i understand like some students right now are waiting it out to see what more admits they'll get uh, but you don't have to wait to plan your finances you know till you make that decision you can always make a gross estimate of how much funds you would need for your tuition for your living expenses and start planning out those documents the those documents because that that's i guess the longest process so yeah that was grueling and i had to run around a lot so you may have to be prepared just as an fyi to run around a lot with a lot of documents um and i was working at that time as well so it was uh, double as stressful uh for the visa interview i would say yeah we all get scared no matter who tells you how many times not to get stressed uh, it's just inevitable i was i remember i was not able to sleep uh, for days to be side review i was think and as someone who always thinks about like a 
plan b you know my mind was just working on different decision trees on <laughs> based on this outcome you know so i get it it can be really stressful but um, i would say there are these helpful like telegram groups or even like a university admit groups where people share experiences about uh, what questions were asked to them or what they were like what documents they had to show so that can be really like stress relieving because you can kind of see a pattern of the questions being asked to students so you can be prepared with what you have to answer uh, so always like remember like be be crisp on your interview on your answers just be to the point and i would say they are there to help you go to the us or to any other country um, i don't think these are meant to be as a rejection spot it's rather to enable you to do your uh, studies so yeah uh, that's something to keep in mind i guess but yeah i agree that it can be a really grueling process uh, yeah <laughs> if before the admits and applications is a long deal this is a even longer deal <laughs> i know um like when you actually prep up on your university materials like a year back to when you have to join and when you get the offer letter that's just not the full stop there's more after the real story starts <laughs> yeah like once you receive that offer letter it's just a minute of happiness and then you have loads and loads of documents paperwork and everything to get sorted and um, financially a lot of uh, things are on stake and uh, with the time draining and a lot of things on stake i know okay. there comes really points where you actually think that why 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 am yeah. i going there i'm putting across all these resources on stake and i'm leaving the country so it's really important like that's my pro tip and i guess harini you would agree as well that you know you have to be very comfortable in yourself in your decision that you want to Correct. do this or else it just would be really really bad here that you would be really sulking all the time here and Correct. things would really go south so that's one thing and uh, the visa process how much whatever lens people tell you about it they share their feedbacks they tell you the same like counter number it's still is a nightmare i've been in contact with zillion people but still the time i was there it wasn't a good mm. good time <laughs> i guess yeah. it was the same for yeah. you as well that you feel it like what if like what if Right. <laughs> because you just don't want to screw up something and you know jeopardize your chances right so yeah, yeah i was i definitely didn't sleep the entire night <laughs> before the visa interview I and till i got the final signal that i've made it i was just on my toes i think <laughs> for me i was like the time he said it's approved i just like i ran off like i just <laughs> ran off before he could change his decision i ran off like i don't <laughs> want to hear anything else i just picked my documents ran off like, i i i just wanted to hear that for this day and that that's done it's okay right. <laughs> so right. it's no, like, i think you highlighted something like sorry to cut you off but like you highlighted something really important like to remind yourself of why you're doing this right i think it's so easy to lose sight of that when you are the weeds of the, all these processes so yeah like uh, i think even when it comes to choosing the universe like applying to universities different universities like i would say you know to apply to those which you would really want to go if you had an admit uh, i see people who 
kind of do panic applying of you know what if i don't get an admit um, i really want to do my masters uh, so they end up applying to a whole lot of programs which you know they may not be really interested in a couple of them uh, so it becomes a hard decision for them later on to move ahead with that right so i would say you know keep that in mind and don't have to panic apply you know make choose a good set of universities which you really are passionate about uh, yeah i guess that's like uh, you have to take a lot of time for your research to happen uh, for you to know it's not like uh, you dm anybody and know about it it's more Correct. of how you research about yourself like i created a powerpoint presentation depicting slides <laughs> of like uh, this is the college i want to uh, see it later after this <laughs> <laughs> like it is situated in this city this state the weather is this you know so as to you know there are a lot of points you have to consider that you know how much you can take up uh, financially physically emotionally there's a lot of things you put on stake and come here it's not like a thing that you leave your home country and come it's yeah, just not it's definitely like, a big deal right yeah such a huge and, correct and uh, it just goes without saying like uh, we're really proud of ourselves what we've done we are uh, but yeah stepping out of that comfort space is also very important for you to actually see different lifestyle different set of growth opportunities for yourself uh, what the other country actually offers and uh, coming here 6 months down here it's really amazing for me so I do not regret my decision I'm proud of myself and I'm really proud of yourself as well and you should be as well each one of you who is listening to us I know a lot of the points would seem familiar with what you have gone through but yeah it is what it is like it should be known to a lot of people that it's okay that there are good days and it's okay that there are days that you're sad you're crying it's okay life is a mixture of both the days so that something really is the worst side of uh, coming abroad but uh, let's talk about the other part that i guess uh, you have come across is when you completed your grad and you were out in the market uh, you know searching for jobs and everything and we know that this is the time where a lot many people have actually lost their jobs and it was really really bad Uh, for a moment it was really sad for me to open linkedin and actually see those posts and no such help that we could offer across to people but how were things for you harini like emotionally and you know with a lot of things going on in your head because we know on visa how much time frame we get to exactly. get that job or everything so i know there's a uh, there's a pressure situation but how was it for you how was your experience Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think I was just towards the um, end of wrapping up my like internship when you know, uh, like one by one, these hiring freezes uh, started. Uh, you know, you initially you would see a few few companies announcing hiring freezes, and as the time goes on, it's literally like every company. Um, and uh, yeah, like once I since I was graduating in December, uh, you know, which is not. which was not far away it was only a couple of months for me to graduate so the pressure was definitely intense to find a job um, you know interview so for i think balancing your academic uh, like requirements like commitment with the whole um, 
like application process and interview process was uh, that was a huge stressor because while applying you know that you know there are so many hiring freezes up uh, all all around and you also see on linkedin uh, you know it can be really depressing and you start losing hope on whether you would be able to get a job so i was also you know first like talking to my uh, like the immigration like the office of international education as it was called in cmu about what are the timelines for me right uh, you know as, as as someone on f1 how much time do i have after i graduate to find a job uh, how many unemployment days are given on opt um since i have to apply for work authorization right like what are those timelines so that i i mentally had a picture on how i should be moving forward uh, on the visa and immigration side of things while applying as well initially i got into this rabbit hole of i would you know open my laptop with the idea that i'll apply to five companies but get into this whole rabbit hole of clicking different applications doing this panic applying and i would easily spend hours and hours on it and then later realized that i had no time left to do my courses so uh, i you know uh, it was really difficult to get out of that panic applying mode uh, in that instance actually the career counseling like service which was there at university so they were super helpful so like i reached out to them uh, just to get some tips on how i can go about applying while balancing and they really had some good tips right like uh, you know sim- something simple as you know make sure you time block things you know if you think you could spend an hour or two today stick to that time limit get check off maybe five or 10 applications and then proceed only that way it's sustainable to do this alongside your courses so yeah for me thankfully i was lucky enough to get an offer uh, about a month or so before i could graduate but even after signing on something there's always the panic of what if right what if something happens to it should i be applying for more jobs so it's still a very crazy time to be at uh, yeah i am I, i really really hope it gets better with time and your alumni network can be like the biggest strength for you at this time um i reached out to a bunch of people who are graduated from cmu um you know reached out for referrals uh people in the community and they were incredibly helpful and i don't think i could have done it without their support and uh, just you know just sometimes words of motivation can do a lot for you at those times so yeah really grateful for the people around and really hope this situation gets better i like i understand that situation because i'm going through the same and uh, it's really stressful i guess and uh, i don't know like i hope things get better uh, for me and for people who have lost their jobs or they are searching for jobs get it as soon as possible because there were in 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 total a lot of hurdles like you know first hiring freeze uh then yeah. layoffs and then you know things are opening now but it's pretty much slow so you know Correct. things are catching up but you know when you have a hard deadline that you have to get this job by this this date or something of that sort that's the pressure point where it triggers and i can understand that you know the seniors the alumni network your folks really and the 
communities that you're actually being part of they really help you you know with all those things or maybe a pack of fries uh, that could really cheer you up so there are a lot of things but i think so things would get better because i see things are getting better but i hope things do not take a u turn and get back to the same because uh, i have been through a lot of situations where my friends have lost their jobs and it's really tough and when i say it's really tough is that we are on visas and uh, things right. have to be you know good, you have good like a so clock that. running right yes that's the yes. stress so the... that's the stress point there and uh, you don't want to go back when when that's the situation of actually you know you want to have a career here and you're liking it here and then there's there's a clock on your head correct so i know like i'm really sorry for that time that you had and all those stressing moments and everything but i'm really happy with your current job and uh, you're with salesforce and that's really really amazing and you want to talk more like in short not giving out much of the details but yeah something <laughs> uh, about the role and you know how are the things that you're liking it and yes more about seattle like how are you really liking the pst time zone <laughs> 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 yeah the only uh, complaint i have with the pst time zone is it makes it really difficult to connect with family in india because when you wake up they are already like good night up to sleepy <laughs> right so making time to talk to people in other time zones is especially harder in pst i was in est uh, during my uh, during the graduate program uh, but yeah uh, sales first it's been almost two months since i i'm here and um, i must say like you know the culture and the people are really nice and really friendly and uh, with regards to my team as well uh, they have been really helpful uh, to help me ramp up on things because this is such a large organization with so many acquisitions and so many products and the tech stack is just so varied so to get a grip on those things are a little challenging but you know with a supportive team and manager you know it's been good uh, so my role uh, the main responsibilities i would say are you know as new features or new architectural changes are proposed uh, you know uh, i and my team have to carry out security reviews so that means talking to developers on what they have in mind on building out like a new feature and identifying security risks um going back to them on those and kind of striking that compromise and balance of you know um, what kind of risk can we accept because you want to enable developers to do their job you don't want to put uh, barriers to everything they are trying to do so figuring out that balance and communicating effectively is a core part of the job i think it's not i guess with the di part but breaking barriers is everywhere right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tech jobs as well so that's really amazing and big big congratulations for you i know you're amazing at your job and you will be like a great asset to your team and i hope great great days uh, at salesforce and you enjoy uh, the time zone i know it comes with a challenge <laughs> but yeah it is what it is like you cannot just have <laughs> everything so that's really amazing and uh, Thank you so when much. i just yeah so when i just talk about like every bit of it and when i really want you to go back in time and give me two like honest honest examples of your uh, student life 
where things you thought would work like 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 a, it would be a cake walk for you but it wasn't and the thing you thought would be a cake walk or like would not be a cake walk was very easy for you so like one positive side of the student life and one negative side of the student life that you wanted to give it out to my audience yeah for sure i think uh, yeah cake walks are very rare to find so you know i really have to think hard to see if anything really was a cake walk so that's the difficult part <laughs> to answer if you ask me about the things which are not a cake walk i have a huge list <laughs> but uh, i think uh, rather than cake walk let me put it this way the things which are really nice about uh, the university or just the experience of uh, you know being a graduate student uh, which i didn't see expect as the resources available uh, or in the university like you have Uh, at this at CMU we had an academic uh, counselor who you could talk to on uh, you know what courses you have planned for the semester is it too heavy too light uh, for you like the course load you know is it enough for you to learn what you wanted to uh, learn and also you always have multiple things on parallelly running right like job search for example takes up a huge chunk of your time so uh, they are really helpful in helping you estimate how much of load it would be and also like i mentioned previously the career counseling services also were super helpful in how to you know telling how you can draft your resume what are some common mistakes uh, what are some things to keep in mind during an interview process how you get prepare for it uh, so these resources i you know i thought was really nice and helpful but again um i think just life in abroad is that people don't come to you you have to go reach out to people to get the you know to get the help you need so all these resources which i mentioned right it's on your it's your responsibility or i would say it's on you to go reach out if you reach out they'll be happy to help but you know it's on you to take that first step so that's something i guess was just having resources available was really nice um what was not a cake okay quack i mean the course load <laughs> is one thing which i knew um, beforehand so i had the opportunity to do uh, a couple of uh, two cmu courses uh, remotely before i came and i got a great sense of the load it could be so i think many students were really caught by the uh, really shocked by how busy it can get but since i did those courses remotely i was well prepared that i know it's going to be super busy uh, so yeah expect grad life to be busy um, another thing which was strangely uh, such an obstacle for me was i got a new laptop which is the which was the m1 mac and you know i didn't think much of it like it's a great laptop that's all i knew and later i found out that some of the crucial software i needed for one of my courses would not run the virtual machines would not run and the entire semester was such a pain for me to just do my assignments the assignments were hard enough and you know we just not being able to do them on this laptop was such a pain and i see my friends like i've seen my friends go through the same pain and i was like really happy that i have windows oh god i'm, I'm really happy <laughs> i could do everything on it and i really really 
really was happy with my decision that I did not change it. Like I did not come here or bought a new one, or you know, bought it from India itself. But I was really happy that I continued with it because there are a lot of compatibility issues with. Oh my like, god! Yeah, nine on ten softwares would not work on Apple, and it's a pain. <laughs> really, it's a pain. Like yeah. I've seen, like the entire like. Fifty percent of the class have Mac, and they're all sitting idle that things are not working, or they have to do extra hard work to actually get things set up and everything. And by that time, things just rolls off for the week. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, I think with the Macs, at least I think you would be better off with like an Intel chip, which you know they were rolling out earlier. But with the new chip, uh, the M1 and now the M2, there are a lot of compatibility issues. They there are like efforts on like. Maybe popular like open source projects to have that compatibility, but still there's a long way to go. And uh, so, especially if you're doing like systems level courses with you know you need virtual machines to be running or courses which have like old software, right? Which aren't really like updated to like the to run on like the latest M1 chip. So those you know these may not be compatible. And yeah, I. till the last day of you know finishing my project i had to just do some hacky stuff which is not at all reliable you know any time my work could be lost and so yeah i think that just added <laughs> the stress to everything else which is already there so yeah please make sure that the software yeah. you need runs <laughs> on the laptop which you buy yeah like at least you check the university's website on technology and see like what are the specifications they would need for your course that's the best part to actually look up and if it's okay with mac then you are welcome to bring it or else uh i just don't want to yeah. explain it much but that was really <laughs> a pain and i've seen people go through it so it is really challenging to actually understand the things then get it loaded and then actually come back to the original work that you have to do so yeah that's something really not not working at all in that stressful environment great so i have one this or that question for you mm-hmm. so i give you two options you choose one out of it uh, for okay. my audience to know the answer for it so either you tell us your gre score or you tell us <laughs> your gpa for your <laughs> course so either of it you choose it and you tell us so that people know more about it that what was the gre score or GPA that you got. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I think I might just go with my GPA. So I got three point nine two. If I'm not wrong, got the last decimal uh, out of four points. Um, yeah, tough ride uh, all along. But you know, that's amazing. Oh so my good. god, that's amazing. After like <laughs> such a stressful uh, semester and a course, three point nine two is like bang on. And for everyone out there in the states, we just have a grading scale of four point zero instead of ten dot zero as compared to India. So, uh, you know, as international students, we are required to maintain a GPA scale of three dot zero. Uh, we cannot go lower than that, or else our F one visa would get terminated. And uh, three point nine two is like jewel amazing. Like, Thanks are you so like much. the valedictorian in the graduation? <laughs> Something of that sort. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it. Uh, thank you so much for the wishes. Uh, 
Yeah, I think the courses and the assignments, definitely there are a lot of uh, things to do. But uh, when you have, if you have like good teaching assistants and professors who can really help you succeed in that course, uh, that can be a great plus uh, for you. So yeah, while choosing the courses as well, I think one thing to like look at is, you know, how good is the support system for that course? And, uh, you know, if you're stuck, other people help you out. So yeah, I'm glad to have gotten a, a good uh, support through the year. <laughs> that, that's really required when you're out and really far away from home, family and everything. It's really important to have that. So I guess that's really a lot of information for all of you to actually know about that course and know about that university. And if anyone is looking out to actually go and apply to Carnegie Mellon University, we have actually talked about a lot of things. If you're coming from India, you should actually listen to the entire, uh, you know, the discussion that we had. And I made sure that I covered every part of it. But if not, we would have Harini share her details and you could actually directly connect to her and ask her more questions, more specific questions that I guess this one hour would not be able to feed in. But before we close off, Harini, any last minute advices, anything that you have inculcated in the last one year and considering it's Women History Month and uh, how do you want to be, uh, you know, how do you want to put up things with what you have gone through and what you're having it right now? If you want to give it out to somebody who is listening back in India mm -hmm. and uh, aspiring to, you know, become like you and what do you wanted to just give out? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think always uh, coming out of your comfort zone is, it's always going to be difficult. But I think the journey and the experiences are definitely very rewarding. Like, we may have ranted a lot during this podcast, but I think everyone should know that the confidence you get after going through this journey is something else. Um, you know, and you should be, you'll be really proud of yourself for coming through this, uh, going, taking out something which was not in your comfort zone, pushing through it and finally getting it done. Uh, so it, yeah, like there may be challenges along the way, but, you know, don't get blocked by those. Um, uh, like I think the bigger picture is something we sure we can aspire to see. Uh, so Reach out to people. I think being part of communities has been a huge part of uh, my journey. Uh, you know, being part of uh, women in cybersecurity visas and breaking barriers for women in cybersecurity, BBWIC. These are two huge communities with amazing women like someone. So, like I said, someone was one of the first few people who I knew and I was super inspired by. She was really very approachable and when I was looking for resources on learning cybersecurity topics, you know, I was listening to her talks and found that really inspiring. And being the very kind and sweet person she is, she was super approachable. And uh, as I was starting out in the career, you know, her inputs were really valuable. So uh, take advantage of your contacts. I think I would like to believe that there are more nice people around than not. So people are always willing to help out. Uh, others so you know leverage the uh, leverage your network reach out to people and I'm sure uh, each one of you will do great in your careers <laughs> so really grateful for the amazing women in my life 
that's so sweet that's so sweet and i really wanted to resonate and echo this point as well that you know it's just the matter of point that you come out and ask for help and it's totally totally fine to actually you know ask for help discuss with people and that has really helped me as well as a student and i guess at your time as well harini things really came out into place when you did connect with a lot of alumni or the cyber communities that you were part of and that just really helps you out a lot because uh, you know when you come down to the uh, international borders as well and you know people who you have connected so so you can rely on to them so it's just, it's not just the family but the friends you make that become family through connection so i would really wanted to stress on that point like as a very recent uh, student it's really important for you to leverage linkedin and other resources as well that you connect with people and uh, there are a lot of people trust me they're actually sitting out ready to help and uh, i would be really glad to put myself out that i'm ready harini on the other self as well is also ready to actually help with Definitely. and you'll see and you'll see i'll put down her handles like linkedin handles and she'd be happy to reply and have a discussion with you if you're facing any of the challenges with your application or anything that you want help with so we're all there it's just a matter of how you actually approach to us so Perfect. um i hope like uh, it was really great for you harini to actually uh, go back to the early days of your uh, school life and how things actually went off i know it's really uh, emotional as well because you have now graduated and uh, it's been a next step in your career but i'm really really thankful for you to be part of the podcast being the first guest and i'm really really happy that we are able to you know record this to know more about your life your experiences at cmu so really thanks a lot thank you so much this is been really nice i think I, i hope it was really helpful for the listeners but i think for me it has been very therapeutic talking to you for an hour today and revisiting uh the past one year uh, i think uh, it's lovely chatting with you saman and thank you so much for the opportunity great so with that we wrap up with our first episode it was really glad to have harini and know more about uh, carnegie mellon what course she took and how and what were the challenges she faced what were the good parts that she had here and yes job search and in total what was her experience so if anyone who would or is planning to actually come down and take up the same course please watch this video you'll be knowing a lot of things that she has gone through and you could learn more from it or else you could know more about things specific by connecting with her you'll find all the handles down and great everyone celebrate women's history month and you know i'd be really glad if people connect with me dm with me and let me know more about what you want to see so signing off today from off the record bye We hope you enjoyed this episode of Off the Record, a student abroad podcast with Saman Fatima, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues.
If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSBMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.